Hello and welcome back to Balance Me. This is the fourth episode. Uh, James Baldwin wrote that an identity would seem to be arrived at by the way in which the person faces and uses his experience. Today's guest has surely been walking the path on the road to identity for a long time. Dr. Sumahoho is an Ivorian-born writer and professor currently working as associate professor in the English department at the University of Tours, France, her alma mater. One of the, my personal favorite authors and diasporans, Sumahoho's book Le Triangle de l'Hexagon, or The Triangle and the Hexagon, is an homage to black identity. Woven with historical knowledge as well as personal experience, Sumahoho dives deep, deep into what it means to be black, to be a diasporan, to speak a mother tongue that is not your mother's tongue, and above all, to excavate an identity that is true to oneself in all one's multitudes. Welcome to our podcast. Thank you, Tinashe. Thank you for having me. My pleasure. Um, so I guess I want to talk first about the concept of identity noir or black identity in your book. How would you describe it to our listeners? Hmm. So this is a very tough question from the get a very tough question from the get go. Um, our, in the book, I I, uh, I discuss one black identity and not the black identity because I don't think that the the black identity actually exists. And I think that if black people can be considered as a group, as a collective, they are still individuals part of those of those of this group. So what do you make? Uh, what balance can you find between the individual um, in the individual identity and the group identity? You might be black because you 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 appear black and not feel particularly black. And you may be appearing black and having uh, and have a sense of a collective identity. So in the book, I um, specifically chose to say a black identity to talk about myself, but also to be in conversation with blackness and how blackness has been constructed historically, politically, culturally throughout the centuries since the beginning of the modern times, right? Since the, the late 15th century and what Europeans have called the great discoveries. That is to say, this unprecedented, um, you know, um, binding between Europe, the African continent and the Americas. This is really the beginning of the, you know, racialization, I mean, process of racialization that created the black and white identities. So my, my issue really was about reflecting based on my uh, you know, research, based on my training, but also based on my own individual experience, what it means or what it can mean to be black uh, in mostly Europe and the, um, and the Americas, even though you know, there is the ghostly presence of Africa because my parents are African immigrants uh, to France, but uh, I haven't explored so much Africa in the, in the book. Um, my, my reflection really was about Europe, France, and, and the Americas with the United States and the Caribbean. Um, mm -hmm. So, yes, I don't know what, um, I don't know what a Black identity, I don't know what the Black identity can be. I know what a Black identity can be because I'm Black. So I've, I've, I've tried, <laughs> <laughs> I've tried to uh, reflect on my own experience. But as I said, with um, a full background of research, on, on blackness and the various constructions of blackness. When was it that you started to look into your own black identity or your own identity in general? Hmm. I think that's also an interesting question. It took time. It took time. Uh, 
-hmm. It's as if, um, I think that when I started writing this book, uh, I actually was, um, I was at Bennington College. This is, this began like five years ago uh, because I was an, um, a visiting professor there. And every time I'm away from France, I get obsessed with France. I read the French news, I watch the French news, anything that is happening while I'm away, I'm following, perhaps more than I would do if, if I was here, if, I, if, I'm, if I'm based in France, right? Um, and so, I don't know, this time, uh, I think I had already been thinking about my own relationship to France years prior, but uh, five years ago is really when I started um, you know, writing in English, that's important. I'll, I'll, I'll say more about that uh, in English about, you know, my own trajectory and my own understanding of the place I occupied or the itinerary of mine between the African continents, Europe and the Americas. Until then, it hadn't been so clear. What I mean is that I think it took years, it took maturity, it took um, some level that I accessed in my own career to think of myself perhaps more freely. That is to say, to go out of the academic boundaries, to, to, to leave the rules behind, and to really allow my, myself to think about my life and my experience. Who am I when I'm, I'm, I'm you know, I've grown a specialist in African studies? I know the theory about uh, the African diaspora. I have read uh, the Gilroy's and the Stuart Halls and uh, you know, all the people who have, um, I don't know, Glisson or all the people who have um, spoken and written and, and carried out research about the African diaspora in theory. But in practice, I decided that I could use my own life. And I, I, I felt that my own experience could also be a legitimate object of study. It's not about, it's not only about autobiography or perhaps classical autobiography. It's not only about telling your life because it's you and you alone. Of course, you have your own uniqueness. But if you're familiar with that particular history and those cultures and, and those, you know, peregrinations, then you can try to reflect. And I think that is a worthy object of intellectual study to see how I mean, to see what is your own specific navigation of this transatlantic triangle. It's not only about ideas. It's not that abstract. It, I mean, it doesn't have to be that abstract. It's, only, it's also the life of everyday people, right? So we can talk about processes of racialization. We can talk about blackness. We can talk about uh, acculturation, creolization. These are all concepts, right? right. We can talk about uprooting, dispersal, diaspora, right? But what does it mean in concrete terms for people, right? What does it mean for a couple to leave the Ivory Coast in the 1960s, to come to Paris, France, to settle there, to have a life there, to have children, right? Including myself, I'm talking about my parents right now, <laughs> to have children who speak another language, who are perhaps at first torn between different cultures, right? The culture of back home and then the culture of France, who are also, you know, racialized. You're a black person of African descent in a predominantly white country. 
And then one of those children migrates herself and goes to a third place. And this third place happens to be the United States. Mm -hmm. So without realizing, I was navigating the triangle, but it took me years to realize that. At first I was just uh, the child of an immigrant couple from the Ivory Coast. And then I was a black person of African descent living in France. And then I was an expatriate or an immigrant living in the United States and traveling uh, through the Americas. Uh, I don't know, going to the Caribbean, going to uh, Guyana, going to Brazil. And then it just hit me like, oh my God, this is the Black Atlantic. <laughs> yeah. So it's not only about, you know, scholarship and books or documentaries or studies. It's, it's my life. Right. So it took me a while. At, uh, at first, I really was, um, you know, a good student and interested and motivated student, a grad student who wanted to write a dissertation. And it had nothing to do with me. It, it, it had to do with me, but very indirectly. You know, it was other people. I was interested in African-Americans, in Afro-Jamaicans. And so it's like those are distant re relatives, distant cousins. And then you're like, oh, my God, I'm black, too, <laughs> you know? And um, let, let's get into this. So that really pushed me to um, interrogate my, my relationship to France, my birthplace, mm -hmm. my relationship to the Ivory Coast, the birthplace of my parents, mm -hmm. and my interest for things Black, my interest for, for the diaspora. Um, if I was to go to Zimbabwe today, I'm assuming that uh, until, I, um, until I spoke, or maybe... If I dressed in a particular uh, manner and I, uh, and I remained silent, people wouldn't know if I was from Zimbabwe or not, right? right? Yeah. So I, I can fit in so many different places. I can fit in so many places. The same thing would happen in Nigeria. The same thing would happen in Senegal. The same thing would happen in, uh, you know, in the Ivory Coast, of course. But then I can also belong uh, in France. And I can also belong in the United States and I can also belong in the Caribbean or Brazil. So what does that mean? Right. What does that mean? Are those places mine? Are they not mine? Mm -hmm. What do you know? That these are the, the, intellect, the intellectual questions that interested me and that, um, yes, that, that pushed me to, uh, to further explore those ideas and to uh, perhaps break free from all the um, the academic shackles, yeah, like the distance and the you know being critical. I think I'm I'm very critical, and I think that sometimes, precisely because you're part of a group, even if it's an extended group, it gives you a particular you know insider vision that is as interesting as somebody who is outside of that group and who is supposed to be you know objective and neutral enough. Uh, to study that group. I'm not saying that the people who are not part of the group don't have the right to study the group. I'm just saying that we should have access to multiple angles and multiple visions. Yeah. And I don't, I don't think that the people speaking from within should be discarded, should be deemed illegitimate, should be deemed you know, not objective enough. I right. think that it can produce something from within that the people from without will never have access to whatever they want, you know, however they want to look at it. They, they might be, you know, missing things 
because they're outsiders. Mm-hmm. If yeah. I go to Rastafarians of Jamaica, I can get an access that some people might not have access to because, because I'm black, because I'm African, because I have an African sounding name, because I wear dreadlocks. I've been wearing dreadlocks for 20 years now. Uh, and, and you know, if you come and, and present yourself and say, my name is Mabula Sumoro, you're immediately the African queen. You're <laughs> yeah. the, the original thing. You're, the, you're Africa, yeah. right? And people are not, at first, they are not, um, I don't know, they don't want to hear that you were born in Paris, France. No. So you can use that to, to have a closer relationship with them. Yeah. I'm not saying that you're, you know, fooling them or playing with them. I'm just saying that from the get-go, there would be something physical, something ancestral that will, that will foster some type of solidarity. And that can be helpful. So, I mean, first of all, in terms of the route of study that you took from, you know, sort of outside looking into to combining the academic with the personal to write um, Le Triangle Hexagon, I think one of the things that you said really rang true, especially, you know, if you go anywhere, and even if you, know, if you say your name, for example, if I say mine, then mm-hmm. that means something. But yes. it's also the way you say it, how you are presented to people when you say it, and the mm-hmm. way that they perceive you. Yes, yes. Fascinating. But yes. also, because that, that idea of belonging, does that necessarily right, translate to ownership? Mm. My God, Tinashe, it's going to take more than 40 minutes. I also don't think that's a question that has to be immediately answered. I think it can no, just no, no, stick no, as no, a no. rumination point, right? Exactly, exactly. Yeah. And I think ruminations are good, and it's, it's really about the reflection. It's not so much... As you know, it's not so much about the answers you bring, it's no. really about the questions you raise. Exactly. Right? So, okay, my two cents. <laughs> As I said, I was born in Paris, France, and my parents came from the Ivory Coast. And for the longest time, I felt in between, mm-hmm. right? I was not French because I was not white, right? Yeah. And we were, you know, we were, exotic like i could see like to me france was exotic too Mm -hmm. it was so different meaning the outside world it was so different from what was going on in my home so you know we ate differently uh another language was spoken we had you know different you know manners ways mores you know however you want to name uh those um yes we ate different food we had a different religion. We are Muslims. So you, I did not feel like I belonged. Yeah. But I did kind of longed to belong. Mm-hmm. What can I do to be French? Of course. Which means some type, which implies some type of transformation. You know, or you feel intimately that there's something that you have to do. It's not about essence. It's not what... You, Ah, your essence alone is not enough. Yeah. You understand that you have to act yes. a particular way to be French. And even that those actions might not be sufficient because of your appearance, mm-hmm. right? But on the other hand, are you truly Ivorian? How African are you? 
you still you, you also feel the distance between your parents, your aunties, your uncles, your uncles, your cousins who come from back home and who were not born here. And so who are you? Like it's you're not French, you're not white, you're not Ivorian, you don't speak the, you know, the native tongue. And oh my God, I'm in between, I'm lost, I'm lost, I'm lost. Who am I? And then there's this third space. I go to the Americas. I can be black. I can be French. People believe me when I say that I'm, I'm coming from Paris, France. They're like, oh, okay, wow, right? I can be African. I can be Ivorian. I'm, I'm free and I can reinvent myself. Right. And so now what, it has, what traveling has taught me is that instead of longing some type of loss, loss in the you know, purity or authenticity or single origin, I'm an Ivorian, I'm Jula, we come from this city in the Ivory Coast, we are Muslims with this, your parents are so-and-so and your grandparents are so-and-so and, and you feel like that, you, you feel like you've broken the line, like everything was pure until you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, that the Jula identity, like full Jula identity is going to end with you because you're never gonna marry a Jula. You're never gonna go back home living in in our city of origin like the return you know like we're gonna go back go, go back home go back home yeah we're never gonna go back home right so instead of focusing on the loss i've also i don't know started thinking that maybe even though i had lost this sense of purity which i'm not interested in mm-hmm. uh i've also gained the diaspora meaning that i can belong in all the places that we have listed, that I can go to Zimbabwe, that I can go to South Africa, that I can go to Nigeria, and not being um, only accepted as uh, somebody from Zimbabwe, South Africa, Nigeria, or Senegal, right? Right. But at least I can have access to those places that they they might not become mine, but I consider that the diaspora is mine, the black world is mine, that I can go to any black country and that I will have some type, that I will find some type of access mm-hmm. because of my appearance. Mm-hmm. So it is not so bad. Yeah. It's about, you know, getting interested in other people other people's cultures, languages, you know, if I am speaking to you and, uh, um, you know, it's Tinashe from Zimbabwe, I immediately uh, think about, um, you know, the war for independence against the British. I think about Bob Marley and the waiters from Jamaica (laughs) uh, at the festivities for the independence. That's a diasporic encounter, Mm -hmm. right? Um, I think of all the, the women fighters who were left out <laughs> of the government, um, even though they had participated to the war efforts and, and, and all those things. So, I don't know. I, I, perhaps I, I try to build a different connection with those other places that will sort of make up for the loss of my place of origin Mm. because I've lost my place of origin. I, it's not direct. I think our parents thought that everything was natural, 
that you could be a, a Jula for life. And wherever you will find yourself, you will remain Jula because we're Julas and we've been Julas for so long. But no, <laughs> no, you, you come to another place, you have children who are raised in this other place and other things happen. And, 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 and the community gets extended. It's not only the Julas, you're in contact with other people, people from coming from Martinique, yeah. from Guadeloupe, yeah from, I don't know, Cameroon, yeah. from North Africa, from Asia. And we, wh what can we do? <laughs> it's true. Some, some people will say, some people will say, I will never disobey my parents and I will stay within the community. And I will, I don't know, I will keep the waves and I will keep up the culture and I'll, I'll speak the language and, uh, you know, and so that's one way to, 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 to go. But the other way is, uh, First, you didn't teach me the language, so you know it wasn't magic. Now I don't have it; I have, I've lost it. Then we can have internal tensions, uh, problems that sometimes we don't want to discuss because it's supposed to be within the community and the family. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and 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 sometimes it's all. It can also be out of curiosity. I want to see other things, and I think I, I don't think that we are losing anything uh, if we're eating this. If we're going there, if we're dressing, dressing like this. And so it's a new thing. Yeah. And it's, it's a, a gift. You've gained something. That's, that's a gain. But, and the gain can add to the loss without necessarily compensating for it. Exactly. Because it's like, as I said, there, there has been no change. For a long time, I thought that I was the, you know, betraying Jula, you know, like the legacy ends with you. You know what I mean? It's, yeah. It, 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 was, it was so clear and so long and until you, you know, now. <laughs> and, and I'm like, no, it began with you because you moved, mm -hmm. you came to France. Mm -hmm. So what did you think was gonna happen? Right, and with what that choice you... came an expansion, right? The loss, exactly. there's a loss, there's an expansion, there's growth, there's continuation into a new exactly. era, whether it's, you know, whether it's intimidating between diasporas, between whatever. You know, you grow that way, you expand that way. That's how new generations are formed, new, you know, civilizations are formed, whatever the case may be. That mm -hmm. is the way that you expand is through movement. Exactly. And so, so it's okay. Now I've made my peace with that. It's about being free. And, and the, the earlier you get free, the better for you. Mm -hmm. I mean, my 40s now. Uh, so it took some some time. So it's always very inspiring when I when I see so, you know people so much younger who are already free. It's good. You don't have to wait until you're forty to feel free. This has been a fabulous, fabulous conversation, and thank you so much for giving of yourself, of your voice, and of your energy to the podcast today. We appreciate it. Um, I hope that you go into the rest of your day and the rest of your journey with peace and with prosperity. And definitely, definitely, we'll meet again. <laughs> Thank you so much, Tinashe, for having me. Thank you for your kind words at the end, uh, because I think peace matters, serenity matters, uh, that we are doing the work, but we also have to take care of ourselves. Well-being, love, peace, uh, you know, being at, you know, at ease and being uh, happy is also a struggle. Of course, we, we do the work. We yes. do the work. You have your podcast. You're trying to converse with the entire world. I'm, <laughs> teaching. I'm teaching. So it means that I'm, I'm willing to share knowledge 
to share my expertise with you know younger generations. That's work too. Yeah. So thank you for your kind words and thank you for your you know your deep questions and uh, just make sure you stay free. <laughs>